0: Or you can email radio at vnntv.org. Sleep through your favorite radio show? Well, lucky for you, now you can listen to WBCA shows anytime as podcast versions at wbca.podbean.com. That's wbca.podbean.com. Again, listen to W. BCA 102.9 FM. I'm your host, Larry Hagan-Bottom. And my show is "Off from the Trenches. A weekly talk program targeted towards the Black American, black American community. And the topic today is voting. Without demands, is useless. And also, the second half hour will be focused on police don't prevent crime. And I wanted to share with you my thoughts on these topics because I believe that... Uh, as a community, we're going the wrong way. Again, my community is now a permanent underclass and a country that Black Americans built into the wealthiest country in the world. It's all because of racist laws. So the way I'm looking at it, no group needs more attention than my group. Again, let me be clear. I'm not against any group. I'm not against anybody. I got no extra grind against no one whatsoever. But my focus and attention is on my group because my group right now, based on all the research by economists now, is the permanent underclass. And it is what it is, the data doesn't lie. No wealth in a country that we helped to build into the wealthiest country country in the world. The reason why I've come to this conclusion, disparaging no group against no group, but no of grind against nobody. My community has given the most to America, yet gotten back the least. We've fought in every war this country had, <clears throat> including the war for independence, to be re enslaved. Got nothing in return for that. We're the most loyal and devoted to any group here. We believe more in those words, so-called democracy, constitution, in any group. Including our community. But yet instead we've always been on the outside looking in. So as a clinician, the last twenty two plus years doing direct care services with families and seeing policies made on high, have they done nothing to elevate our group since Dr. King was murdered. Nothing. I just decided that whatever time I got left on this earth, I'm gonna spend trying to uh, inform and enlighten my community, we must make some changes here. Because if you don't, that means you leave no inheritance to your children. they like, you got no inheritance, you're gonna leave none to them. In America, it really comes down to what you own and control. If you don't control or own nothing, you don't leave nothing, you don't have no say-so. So again, my topic today, the first, first half first an half hour will be voting. Without demands, it's useless. Here in Massachusetts, we just had the uh, contest for the governor, another position. And they, let me just be clear. All those folks are probably a nice people. I listened to the, gov- gov- the governor's debate, you know. And, uh, again, nothing they are espousing or, you know, articulating is going to do anything to elevate my community. Nothing. There's nothing there to address the racial wealth gap. Nothing there to address homeownership gap. And you can forget education. If the truth be told, every politician says they want to be about educating all of our children. And we're all. But one size does not fit all people. One policy of all does not fit all people. And it, it, it really uh, 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 just amazed me. How a politician, but also uh the rank and file, let folks keep how about that all, all, all people, all Bostonians, all folks in Massachusetts. It doesn't, it doesn't trick it down to the group that needs, you know, assistance and elevation the most. It does not trick it down to us. So again, <clears throat> after watching the uh, debate, you know, it just, just just more of the same. It's not gonna do anything to elevate or change our position as a community. And so, at some point, you got to say, the Democrat Party take our community for granted, that's true, because they have made the Republican Party have to be racist. Okay. But neither party offer anything of substance to make life better for our community, nothing. It's all what I call superficial rhetoric. I'm for all people. Housing for all people. Educate all our children. Do the law for all people. Well, in a society founded in white supremacy racism, right? That's just unfounded. The truth, the truth has never you know, reflect the reality for us. And what's, what's killing for me, looking at this thing, is that our politicians have no courage or conviction to say it's not going to work for us. This has never worked for us in the last 50 years since King was murdered. So again, here we are again. Everybody voted for, for the Democrats. They don't offer you nothing because you don't demand nothing, and you wonder why your community stay in the same predicament. When King was alive, his last words of wisdom in his novel "Where Do We Go From Here?" He want more more information on what he thought and believed. He said, "We must vote. Blo- mu- we must vote as a block, not as individuals." Not based on that I like this person, they make me feel good, but as a block based on programs that's aimed at elevating and making our life better. And for some reason, we have totally, totally avoided that. So you keep voting, and the reason why so many are turned off and don't even bother. To uh, participate regularly because you don't see anything tangible coming back. There's no tangible results. So you get disillusioned. You lose faith because your life is not being made better. Your community is not being made better because America runs on policies, on laws. We were hurt as a group by laws. There was laws that made us disadvantaged. And also now, folks trying to take race out of the equation as though we are all starting on the same foot footing at the starting line. And that's a false narrative. We as a community are behind Centuries. Everything that I've read said it's going to require even with even with preparation If it was passed today, it would take hundreds of years for our community to catch up with the dominant community. Hundreds of years. And let's see if you have policy aimed specifically at our group. It's going to really benefit our children, 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 children. It's going to take time. But we keep voting for a party that does nothing to address our specific concrete issues. And so I've said on on this program anytime, if you don't have high income skills that are essential, you're not going to do well in America. You're not going to do well. It's just simple as that. You're not going to do well. Twenty dollars, twenty bucks an hour has become the new minimum wage. Twenty-five bucks an hour is now the new minimum wage. Well, you wasn't doing well when you're making twelve or fifteen bucks an hour. And so we are led astray by our own politicians who don't have the courage and, 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 and conviction to say this policy is for black Americans. Here's the reason why, based on the research and data. That's why I'm proposing that we do these things to this group because one size does not fit all people. This whole nonsense about for all people, all Bostonians, all Americans. Well, we are not the same place. But because of the contempt and hate for our community, It started back in 1619 with the advent of chattel slavery. We have been the poster child, always on the outside looking in, always on the outside knocking to get in, but never, never, ever been accepted as American citizen. And that's why King was murdered. If you don't understand, he was not murdered for you to just have the right right, to vote. No. He wanted us to be viewed and treated as full-fledged citizens of America. Because we are American. Unlike any other group, they can leave and go back to the host country, be it to the Caribbean, to Africa, Asia, Europe, etc. We have been totally, totally, totally stripped of that advantage. America is our home. Dr. King was not voting, was not fighting for you just to have the right to vote. He was fighting for you to be treated as a full citizen with all the personal benefit of whiteness, that included right to vote, right, home ownership, contracts, okay, due process under law, respected and and appreciated as a valued member of this country. And all we get stuck on for some ungodly reason is voter suppression. They're trying to vote, suppress the vote. As though voting in and of itself has done anything to elevate the group. It's done nothing for the group. If we be honest, and I'm very honest with myself, it's done nothing for me. It don't pay my mortgage, my car note, it did not. It did not allow me to absorb my daughter. You know, college tuition fees. It didn't, it didn't do. It didn't do nothing. For it, 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 it didn't do anything for that. But we have been bamboozled and hoodwinked on voting, voting, voting. And if we don't vote, our democracy is at risk. If we don't vote, our democracy is in peril. If we don't vote, then the Constitution will be void. And my question to those who listen to this program: What has those two concepts done for us? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So why are we, more so than any group, here, always advocating for these? abstract concept that's done nothing for us. Nothing. I'm for voting, but I'm for voting with a purpose. Behind policies that are going to benefit and uplift the collective. Our group. Nobody needs more concrete intervention than American-born blacks. Nobody. no, No group. And never, ever compare yourself to immigrants. No disrespect, they chose to come across that border. Well, they flew in, walked in, swam them, rode in. They chose to come here. We had no choice in that matter. And many have a choice to go back home if things get really, really bad. There's no home for us to go to. So I can never compare myself to an immigrant. Be they Caribbean, African, Asian, from India, European, doesn't matter. They're not me. What brought them here is not what brought my folks here. Our lineage not the same. Our culture ain't the same. Linguistics not the same. Music, food, rituals, not the same. Being an American only means that a You are what? A citizen. That's all it means. That's all it means. You're a citizen. That's all it means. But the essence of who you are comes back to your lineage, your culture, your rituals, your routines. And so we are out here in 2022, after the election here in Boston, in the same place that we started. Nowhere. And the governor, again, I, I watched the uh, the debate, you know. I'm sure they're two very nice people, but nothing they expouse is going to do anything to uplift our condition. And the same can be applied to Mayor, Mayor Wu. I'm sure she's a lovely lady. All the city councilors, she's a lovely people. But again, the city of Boston awards over $2 billion, $2 billion a year to outside contractors. American-born blacks only get one half, 1% of that a year. That's fact. Nobody's saying, hey, here's a policy to change that, aim at this group because of the research and the data. Nothing. And without businesses, you cannot accumulate wealth and prosper and hire your people. The state of Massachusetts, I right, spends over $4 billion a year, $4 billion a year, with outside, outside contractors. According to a report I read, that during the height of the pandemic, Massachusetts spent over $4 billion with outside contractors. But American-born blacks only got like $10, like $10, million, of that. $10 million of that. Think about it. million of $4 billion because your state rep, your state senators are not fighting to make sure that our contractors share in the wealth of, of this commonwealth. And so here we are again as beggars on the outside looking in. On the outside looking in. Boston is booming. All you see is construction. New development; those projects not, are not being—they being, are they're not being built for low-income people, moderate-income people. They're being built for folks who can either afford, right, the going rate, the market rate, or folks who can pay for a thousand-dollar-for condo. And most of our folks, based on research, medium income. It's about $32,000. That's gross. Well, you know darn well, these projects are not being built for you. And so at this stage, it's too late to even talk about anything called affordable housing. That's, 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 That's ludicrous. Too late for that. Affordable housing. That is nothing but a con game. And so many of our community are already receiving subsidies as far as rent vouchers, child care, food stamps, or whatever. So, and they're working, but they have what I call low income skills that does not demand top dollar. So again, there's no one here to speak on our behalf, and so you keep voting for the Democrat, and, and you still keep becoming disillusioned, uninterested, uninterested, and the reason why you're not you're not you're not, demand, you're not you don't demand anything. Voting is an exchange. If you don't demand anything as a block nobody's gonna respect you and one of the most ridiculous thing I ever heard of in our community just vote just vote that's not what King said he said we should vote as a block as a block but for some ungodly reason we have been hoodwinked and bamboozled into just vote and who are you voting for Democrats Democrats and they do nothing to earn your vote or make life better for you. So, at this stage of the game, if there's not a change in thought process, a change in behavior, the veterans of my people are going to remain a permanent underclass in the wealthiest country in the world that we built. This is what it is. So again, I have no problem with voting, but again, I want something. I want something in exchange for my vote. I did not vote for the governor. I I, I left that blank because after watching the the uh, uh, debate, neither one of them said anything that's going to a help my group. So I just wrote in the those which stand for America to send a slave, and I just left it, just left, it, left, it left it blank. I'm not going to just vote for the sake of voting. I'm going to show up. That's true. I'm going to show up. You know I'm there. But I'm not going to cast a vote for the sake of voting. And folks might say, well, you didn't vote. Well, your vote don't count. No, because nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. If nobody got any kind of agenda for you, and you vote for them, you still ain't getting nothing. If you vote, down ballot as as, as as I did, right? You ain't getting nothing. So until we as a, as a collective community start to demand something in return for our vote, you ain't getting nothing. But the song, the song said, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. That's why I say you have to, you have to understand if you don't invest in your own skill set, if nothing this pandemic should have taught my community, if you're not highly skilled, with essential skills, you are gonna struggle. Just bottom line, you're gonna struggle. And so again, they're competing with every, everybody everybody vote with yours, Hispanic community, Asian community, everybody's getting something. And they bring out the big gun, like President Obama, his wife Michelle. You know, I don't pay no mind. Because President Obama had eight years to do something for our community. He did nothing for us. Everybody got something in those eight years except for American-born blacks. The gays got something. Dockers got something. Right? Wall Street got something. The auto industry got something. Everybody got something. But the group that came out and voted by 90%, to put them over the top. Everybody. Everybody got something in the deal. In both terms. So he had eight years to do something. And Eric Holder, who was a top cop, he could have did something, right, about qualified immunity. did nothing. So I don't listen to nothing that those two say. And I'm not a big fan of diversity because it's great for that black person or that Asian person or that gay person or trans person who's sitting there. You're getting paid. Well, okay but it does nothing for the collective. It does nothing to elevate the collective. We must remember that Dr. King espoused collective uplift. Because if you're doing well, if you are content and satisfied, it means your kids, they're happy. You know, your wife, content, she's happy. The community is at peace because why? All your needs are being met. So, if your needs are not being met, why are you voting? Why are you voting for somebody or someone, right, who's doing nothing to elevate your group? Nothing. So, I don't pay no 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 attention to President Obama no more. Or Eric Holder, or Michelle Obama, like they're lovely people, handsome people, I'll give you that. Helping our group? Nothing. Nothing. And the Build Back Better law that they said it passed, the question should have been asked how many black contractors will get contracts out of that deal? How many of the Build Back Better, of, of $300, $300, will we get to elevate our community, do some of our community? So we got people down there. The City Hall, State House, Washington, DC, they're all nice, they're all lovely people. But ain't none of our ain't gonna benefit us. Again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. Bottom, name of our show. It's real simple. From the trenches. Observation from the trenches. And you listen to W B C A one oh two point nine FM. I'm gonna take a break in a minute. And getting to my my second topic, which is, police don't prevent crime. They never have, never will. Police do not prevent crime. I got quite a few friends who own the force, and they said, Larry, by the time the call comes in, the nine one one call in, the nine one one call comes in, the crime has already been already been committed. You have a million, You have a million folks out there in blue. All that does is build that union, right? And build their bottom line doesn't make you safe. Doesn't do anything for you and I. And who's out there committing these things? You see him smashing grab, smashing grab, right? Sticking folks up at you know at liquor stores. Or at the gas station, those are poor people. Those are poor folks' kids who have not been properly groomed, provided for, nurtured, loved, disciplined, and affirmed. Who's doing that mess? Most of the folks in prison, for the most part, are poor people. You don't see anybody who's been well cared, well cared for, as 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 a, as 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 a, as a whole, doing that kind of nonsense. You don't see that. But again, I also come back to voting. You're voting for people who are not bringing forth policies aimed at really telling folks, we got a, we got a problem with families. Some of our folks are doing a horrible job in these families. So again, what you voting for? And all you get put me on is voter suppression. They're trying to vote our press, our vote. And the guilt trip, somebody died for you. Somebody was lynched for you. Somebody walked 50 miles to vote. But what do you get in return for that? Nothing. Absolutely positively nothing. So, again, it's time for us as a community to to mature up, wise up, because he's doing nothing for us. He's doing it. Absolutely nothing for us to elevate that group, and if we don't start to demand something in return, we ain't getting nothing. And now you got uh, President uh, uh, Trump announced he's running. You know, we don't do nothing for us if you don't if you don't demand nothing. If you don't if you don't demand nothing, you're not getting nothing from anybody, and that's the problem. You don't ask, you don't give. It's like, like a closed mouth cannot be fed. So again, I'm going to take a little break here in, in a few seconds. Come back and talk about my second topic. I want to share some thoughts with you on. Police don't prevent crime. Never have, never will. Never have, never will. As my friends who are in the Fort St. Larry, by the time the call come in for 911, the crime has already been committed with their accent, what do you see, what they have on, which way he went, etc. So it's all just a fallacy. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a break here. You're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. I'm your host, Larry Hagan Bottom. And my program is from the trenches. Off the basement trenches. Off the basement trenches. So, Stay there, and I shall be right back. (music) ¶¶ I'm back again. I'm your host, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. You listen to WBCA 102.FM, Boston, and I'm your host. And again, name of my program from the trenches Observation from the Trenches. And part two of my conversation you know, it's police, police don't prevent crime. It's been a lot of rhetoric about, you know, a lot of stuff, a lot of fanfare, but you need crime, 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 everywhere. And folks are, you know, calling for more police officers on the street, locking folks up. Think about the last 50 years, you know, going back to Richard Nixon. We have a war on crime. We have spent trillion, trillion of dollars, trillion of dollars on this here endeavor. We're giving folks time like it's just no tomorrow, 50 years, 100 years, 1,000 years. But it does not prevent folks from violating other people. And I, I am convinced after being out, out in the trenches that the way to really reduce crime, you know, you're always gonna have crime to some degree, but the way to really make a dent there Right. Prevention starts in the home. Prevention starts in the home, how folks were treated, how kids were cared for, where they show love, compassion, you know, dignity, where they're taught to have compassion for other people, they feel good about being raised. You think about what you're seeing out here, right? Individuals, right, who have no you know, uh concern about themselves or other people. They're shooting folks in broad daylight. You got cameras everywhere. They're not even concerned about getting away with the crime. Now think about that now. They're not even concerned about for their own self preservation. Just shoot. And so I've come to believe you're always going to have some degree of crime. That's true. But if we don't start to really as a people in a country, we got to look what's going on inside these homes. Because in my humble opinion, it all starts there. How were they cared for? Were their needs met? Do they feel affirmed? Do they feel appreciated, loved, valued? Were they listened to? were they discipline. I don't mean just, you know, using uh corporate corporate punishment. I don't mean that. You know, you can teach kids, right? To make better choices than always smacking them down, beating them down, throwing them down, you know. And you see, at least I see in my line of work, kids in the first grade are already unmanageable. They can't be managed. They are, you know, know, out of control, unruly, can't follow instruction. And teachers have been, a lot of teachers spend a lot of time trying to redirect these kids, you know, in kindergarten and first grade. And keep in mind now, if you got 15, 20 kids in your class, and some kids have not been properly home-trained or groomed, you spend most of your time trying to keep these kids redirected, or to keep these kids in line, for you know it, your whole forty-five minutes has passed you by. So we need to stop falling for this false narrative. We need we need more police, or that we're against police. I'm not against police. I'm not against police. And all folks in my community are not against police. We're not, we're not getting from police. Well, if you've seen the last 40, say the last 20 years with the advent of the cell phone and camera, you've seen a lot of our police officers, right, who were out of order. And my community's been saying for decades, for decades, that police, right, are treating us, right, with contempt and disdain. And those videos prove that. So it's not like folks don't want police but you can't run roughshod. You just can't run and be, you know, an outlaw with people no more. Because why are you on camera now? And a lot of what our folks are saying during the 40s, 50s, 60s, right, about police brutality has come to the fore because of the advent of that cell phone and that camera. They're showing these folks in blue making some horrible decisions to people. Horrible. And their job is not to be the judge, ju- judge, jury, and, you know, executioner. Their job is to apprehend, bring in, and then let the process proceed. But these cameras show that a lot of our folks in blue have been stepping over the line for a long time. So it's not that folks don't respect police. It's that you've earned disrespect by your behavior. Or your behavior. And the camera has validated that you or some of your people have been stepping out of line for decades. So it's up to you to clean up your rank and file. It's up to you, right, to make sure your folks, right, stick within protocol procedure. Because as my friends tell me who are officers, you know, so man, we, we don't prevent crime. We don't, we, we don't that's not how that's not how our system is set up. When we get there, the deed has already been done. But for some ungodly reason, we keep hearing this we need more police. We need more police. Isn't it's, it's somewhat ironic, I believe, that the folks in this community, listen to folks who don't live here not affected by crime, they're going to tell you what you need in your in your, in your solution. How much crime is over there in West, in West Roxbury? How much crime is over there at the back bay? Newberry Street. The waterfront. What they're saying to people, if you don't stop them by putting more police officers in these, in these so-called high-crime districts, they're gonna to come to where you live. It's a cold word, I believe, to what to what to the white community. They're not saying we're gonna now invest more capital where they get contracts, city, state, federal, to hire their people to acquire wealth, where folks can live better, do better, provide for their families. They're not saying that. They're not talking about sharing the wealth now. All he's talking about is sharing more folks in blue and building more cases to put your folks in. In the, in. in the state of Massachusetts, a couple years ago, I did a program with then uh, Miss Rollins, who's running for, I think, the Attorney General. She quoted that it cost over $60,000. $60,000 a year to lock a person up. Sixty grand a year. Now, do the math. And judges give get out give out these these long prison terms like like it's like a like it's a joke. So do the math. If I got ten years for anything, right? That's was six hundred thousand dollars for ten years. Look at twenty years, right? That's a million two for twenty years. And what I stole or took, although I had a gun, right? Value wise might be worth it. Five hundred or a grand—is that a fair exchange? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. And while you have me in there for that ten or twenty or thirty years or forty years, right? You do nothing to prepare me to return back to my community. Now think about that. Now, I don't drop—I should say—the taxpayer I don't drop fifty grand a year to lock him up. He or she returned no better than when they went in there. It is, it is in my belief, it's the most antiquated, outrageous, do-nothing institution we got, so-called prison complex. It does nothing. It does nothing, it does nothing, it does nothing. And it gives this false sense of security that I just locked Larry up, but there's 10 more Larry's in the background Doing the same foolishness that I was doing. So, all you keep doing is building these cases to put Larry's in. The taxpayer gets stuck with the bill. The DA, the judges, right, go home to that nice community. Why? They don't live here among us, for the most part. They don't live here. You got folks who are defining your problem but also define your solution. That's absurd. They got no skin in the game. No skin in the game. And their kids don't go to the school that your kids go to. Their kids don't play in the park that your kids play in. So you're allowing people who got no skin in the game to define your problem, but also your solution. That's absurd. And again, I'll stand on it. And my friends who are in the 4th Amendment, Larry, police do not prevent crime. And I come to believe, as a mental health provider, I've in, in the trenches for 22 years. you got to look what goes on inside these homes. Prevention starts in the house. How these kids are treated, nurtured, provided, cared for, loved, disciplined. All starts in the house. All starts there. And I contend, from being out in the trenches, that we've done a horrible job in letting folks know when she become a parent. Now the work starts, because why? You must cultivate and groom that young man. You must cultivate and groom that young lady. That he or she will be a viable member in the, in the community. They're gonna add something of substance to the community. And not be out of this running amok, causing fear or hurting other members of, of the community. So, right here this year, this cry for more law and order. In my in my humble, humble opinion, what I'm saying, is a crime like a poor people. Who, who's doing this nonsense? Poor people. So who's doing it? And we have not figured out nothing in 50 years since Richard Nixon declared war on crime, war on drug, whatever you going to call it, right? We wage these wars that we ain't winning, that we're not winning because we're not investing, right, in communities and in people. We're not trying to make sure that these kids, these ghetto schools, who might have, a, who might have an aptitude to be a nurse. IT person, a doctor, whatever. We don't invest in these folks. We don't invest in their kids. You know, I find it somewhat ironic that folks talk about Baltimore and the south side of Chicago. But think about it. If these folks had the wealth and the mean, would they stay there if they could leave? Why would you stay someplace and your kid might end up being a victim of murder or bullied or jumped in or whatever if you, the, if, you the, if you had the means to leave. Again, it comes back to a lack of wealth. But you talk about how horrible the south side of of uh, Chicago is, but you don't make any major investment in these families. Because I believe if I live there, if I had the means to leave, I'm leaving. And most folks in these communities, right, don't have the means to leave. And so you end up stuck somewhere where you don't want to be, hoping that your kids don't become a victim or a perpetrator of, of, of violence against your neighbor's kid because it's like the poor stuck stuck. We're not, we're not investing in, in these places. All we give them is more folks on blue more blue, more, more blue uniform, more cases to put them in, and we think we're doing something. think we're doing something. You know, you're talking about well, New York Subway. You got folks up there, you know, living there who are men- mentally ill. Well, think about it. They shut down, right, the mental hospital about 30, 40 years ago, and they said that, what, medicine would take the place of that. Psychotropic, psychotropic, psychotropic medication would replace these facilities. Now, you got folks out here, right? You don't know if they're taking the meds or not. All you see them on the subways, right, lashing out, hurting people. All you can say, well, knock them up, knock them up, knock them up. New York is a very expensive place to have folks incarcerated. It costs more there than just in Boston. And you don't benefit from that as, 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 a, as a community, as a taxpayer. You get none of that deal. And also, it's not preventing other folks from following suit. Now, think about that. We're paying top dollar to the officers in blue. We're paying top dollar lock you up. But it does not deter anybody from following suit and doing the same thing you're doing. That, that to me, an asinine. Totally asinine. So I think and I believe that the folks in these community got to stand up and say, hey, look here, we the man to decide what solution that we believe we need here. This can't be left up to the mayor or the police commissioner or city councilors or the state rep to decide anymore. Because why? They don't live in this community. They are not there. Their kids don't reside there. Their kids are not subjected to being bullied, intimidated by these kids who have not been properly raised by their parents. So why would you listen to somebody who got no skin in the game, tell you what your problem is, but also your, your solution? That, to me, is asinine. So we need to stop letting folks with these so-called slogan slogans. Slogan, we need more police. We need more police. Police cannot raise your children. Police cannot provide for your children. Police don't show them quality care or love. They come after an infraction that has been committed. They're not there to mother or father your children. They're not there to do that. So, that to me, from what I'm out of seeing, is just a, an asinine strategy to have. Yes, my community needs police. They need police, that's true. But I also need to share in the wealth of the city of Boston or New York or Baltimore. You say, DC's been bigger than dollars with outside contracting. But yet and still, those folks in those communities do not share in those contracts. Where they'd have an option to stay or to leave. You're doing well, you know. I can send my kid to school of my children. I live in, in, in another part of Baltimore, or like Chicago. I'm sure in Baltimore, other other parts of the city having crime. Chicago, other part other part having crime. Other than other than just south South Side Chicago, I'm sure of that. But there's no capital investment. In these depressed communities, other than more folks in blue, and you got all these poor folks running around there, come out of some less than the, less than the type of home situation, and they always seem to find other young men and women who've been raised and reared the like them. Bad situation. Bad situation. But we need to be clear. Police do not prevent crime. Police do not prevent crime. In our system, they come after the fact. They come after the 911 call has been made. They don't come before. They don't come before. And so we don't understand. It all starts in the house. It all starts in the house. And so again, as I come down to close my uh, my uh, telecast, I hope you have enjoyed some of my thoughts. You know. I'm on every Wednesday at six PM to share my thoughts from the trenches, baby. Like name of show like name is show implied. I'm the big from the trenches. After twenty two years of being out here doing direct care with families, I can say without no reservation, we're going the wrong way we are going the wrong way. And we're being led by individuals, right, who have no clue what what, what, what they are doing. That seems to be a problem. They have no clue what they're doing. And as long as they're allowed to do that there, we're gonna be, you know, in a problem. You know, so, we gotta make some changes. Simple as that. And it starts by recognizing, right, the police do not police do not prevent crime. It starts with mom and dad. It starts with how they are treating these kids, how they are nurturing these kids, providing for these kids, loving these kids. It starts with them. And as long as we don't understand that simple fact, we're gonna always miss the boat. And just it just I'm just out in the trenches, you know, and. We need to make investment in these families, and let folks know that once you become a parent, right, what you do is very important. You're more important than anybody. How do you treat your kid, nurture your child, talk to your child, it's critical. It's critical. How you what you provide, it's critical. So again, hope you hope you found my. My uh, dialogue meaningful, and again, I'll be here next Wednesday. You know, at six p.m. and uh, have more conversation. But I want you to know that all is not lost. We've got to do things differently, and if we don't do nothing different, you know, get the same, you get the same results. It's just, it's just as simple as that. So I, I just don't see just by Putting more folks in uniform is going to resolve this crime. We got to look inside these houses. What goes on inside these houses are critical. So again, I'm your host Larry, Larry Higginbottom. You've been listening to WBCA, WBCA 102.9 FM, and I hope you have enjoyed my conversation. I hope it also stirred you to, you know, just do some thinking, and also to call your politician and offer a different way of. Resolving things and seeing things and letting them know that you know some things just don't work. They just don't work for us. And people who reside in the community must must be at the table to say, "Here's what we need. Here's what we need, not what you're gonna give us, but here's what we need." Because otherwise, you know, you get the same old same old, and just ain't working. So. Those are my thoughts. And I'll be back again next Wednesday at 6 o'clock to provide some more thoughts on what I see from the trenches. And I hope you have a very pleasant evening, you know, and a, and a great week. Enjoy your holidays. And uh, tell folks about me. I'm here every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And uh, hopefully, you know, we inspire people to do something. Bye. Sleep through your favorite radio show? Well, lucky for you, now you can listen to WBCA shows anytime as podcast versions at wbca.podbean.com. That's wbca.podbean.com. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network